Good morning. It is indeed a pleasure to be with you again today, although on a virtual platform. Allow me to begin by saying Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers. And to those whom this day might be a bit difficult, I pray you are filled with God's grace and mercy. Our text for this morning has already been read, so I ask that you will meditate with me for the next few minutes around the topic of, are you prepared for the spiritual storms? Let us pray. Most loving and eternal God, giver of every good and perfect gift, we thank you, Lord, for this privilege and opportunity to study and hear your word. I pray, O oh God, this word takes deep root in all of our lives. Move us from being mere hearers to doers of your word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Actually, today I am recording from Houston. I attended, came to Houston this week and as my sister picked me up from the airport and we're driving along the highway, there was a sign that stated, it is hurricane season, are you prepared? Having grown up in Southern Louisiana, I know a little bit about hurricanes. I remember how my parents would prepare um, to buy additional food. Uh, you might be familiar with that whenever we're preparing for a tornado in um, the Middle Tennessee area where there's rows and rows of empty shelves. There were, um, making certain there were batteries for the flashlights. There was boarding up of windows packing of bags, making sure there was cash on hand, all of those things to prepare for an impending hurricane. And we know that storms come in different shapes and forms. We, as I stated earlier, experienced tornadoes. Um, there are fire storms in the West. Uh, there are hurricanes and there are many other types of storms that we will encounter. And it seems like dependent upon your geographical location, you may be more prone to a certain type of storm. Although we have tremendous technological and scientific advances for projecting the course and the intensity, we are often reminded of our human frailty, even eliciting responses of why, Lord, why did this storm happen? Why did it happen to me? Along our Christian journey, there will be storms also. And for some, that hurricane season extends past the normal season of June 1st to the end of November. For some, it may seem like that hurricane season is every day. But what we need to recognize as followers of Christ is that there will be storms. As a follower of Christ, there is the potential and probability of going through some type of spiritual atmospheric disturbance. And just as the physical storms, the storms out there catch us off guard, we're not ready. It seems like we're not prepared to deal with the chaos and confusion that the storms wreck on our lives. And we too might find ourselves asking God why in the midst 
of our spiritual storms. We know on an intellectual level, this is not our permanent home. We're only pilgrims passing through on the way to our eternal home. We know that scripture teaches us that there will be trials and tribulations along this journey. There will be times when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But even during those times, we must hold fast to the promise of God that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he would be with us always. Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he is our hope. And Jesus is still in the business of speaking peace, be still to all the storms in our lives. The question before us today as Christians, are you preparing your emergency kit for the storms in life? As we turn our attention to this familiar text, many of us know how this story will end. But I ask that you will tarry for a few minutes in the details, that you take the scenic route to the end. Because I believe there is lessons that we can learn along this journey. If we but slow down, we'll realize this is more than just about the weather are storms in a boat trip. No, this is a story about faith over fear. Fear. This is a story about being prepared for the storms in life that will come. Because there will be times when the seas will be rough, where we'll be tossed and turned by strong winds, where the waves will be high and crossing over the side of the boat. There will be times where we may feel like we are sinking in despair and confusion and chaos. And I believe we all have a spiritual storm story. Some of those stories may have begun with a phone call. Other storm stories may begin with an unexpected diagnosis from the physician. For others, the storm story involves some news that we were not ready to hear. Some of those storm stories are due to choices that we've made, our mistakes, our sins. And at other times, those storm stories were begun because of some decision someone else made. Storms of COVID-19, maskers versus anti-maskers, systemic racism, vaccines, failing health, job insecurity, the death of a loved one, retirement, moving, trying to find my way, hopes and plans dashed. There are storms along our spiritual journey. And yes, some of them come up quickly like a tornado and at other times it's slower. We, we know it's coming, but we can't stop it. No matter the sorts of the storm that we face, I want to remind each of us today that God is in the boat with us. For I've heard it said many times before, you're either headed into a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. And if we know this to be true, we should be asking ourselves, what do we believe about storms? What is our theology about storms? How is God going to intervene for us in the midst of our storm? 
What does our storm theology say about our understanding of God and our faith? We had the privilege, Bobby and I, about four years ago, to take a trip to the Holy Land. And on that trip, we had a tour that was a boat trip on the Sea of Galilee. Now, I must admit to you, I was a bit surprised by the Sea of Galilee. I was expecting this expansive, magnis magnificent sea, but it really wasn't. It is actually 13 miles wide, seven miles across, and 150 feet deep. But one of the things that makes it unusual is that it is surrounded by mountains and it is 700 feet below sea level. Because of its location and you have the warm water from the sea and the cool air that's coming over from the mountain, when the two of those meet together and they mix, it can actually cause rapid, fierce, storms to develop. And so it's not unusual as we heard the story of Mark being read while we were on the boat, this story being read about Jesus and the disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee. And I think as I watched, as I stood sometimes, other times seated, trying to put myself in that place of what did the disciples and possibly Jesus even felt during that time. And one of the things that stood out to me that I had not really paid a lot of attention to previously is Jesus's invitation for the disciples to get in the boat. We can't miss, it was Jesus's idea for the disciples to get in the boat and to go over to the other side with him. I wondered if the disciples at that moment thought about the fact that Jesus was still calling them, even as that initial call, come and follow me. And it made me realize that Jesus's call is not a one and done, a one-time thing, but it's a repeated and repeating call to come and follow Jesus. And so Jesus, the disciples got in the boat with Jesus at Jesus's invitation as they were crossing the Sea of Galilee to get to the other side. They were moving from the Jewish side to the Gentile side. They were leaving the, where their homes were, the, the places that were familiar, where people looked like them, talked like them, same theology, dressed like them, to go with Jesus to the other side where there were people who were different and possibly even strangers. They were leaving that which was familiar, familiar customs to go to the other side where things would be new and different and unfamiliar. Now, some of us may have never crossed the Sea of Galilee. We may not have been to the Holy Land, but I would surmise and contend that all of us have been in that boat that place where Jesus has invited us to get in the boat with him so that he might lead us over to the other side. 
How are we responding to Jesus's invitation to get in the boat and go to the other side of this pandemic? where the religious landscape of the United States is continuously changing and currently less than 65% claim Christianity. Even more staggering are the numbers for young people and those who claim no religious affiliation whatsoever. Oh, I'm wondering how are we responding to the new thing that God is wanting to do, new ways of seeing, thinking, believing, acting, being, relating to others, seeing others as made in the image of God, where there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither Democrat, Republican, or Independent, where we all, whether we're red, brown, yellow, black, or white, that we recognize that all of us are precious in God's sight. How willing are we to go to the other side, to enter into the new territory, where we are the ones who feel like we're in a foreign land where we're willing to confront our blind spots and our implicit biases, being led to be the ones to lift the burden and weight of systemic racism and oppression. Oh, church, I want to know, are we willing to go to the other side, to leave our places of comfort and apathy, recognizing that Righteous indignation and biblical justice should be the standard. Oh, I'm wondering if we're willing to go to the other side with Jesus and boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to advocate for those and lend our voices for those who've been left out, looked over, left behind, those whose voices have been silenced and neglected too long. On the other side where life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness truly becomes a reality for all, and statements like, I can't breathe, Black Lives Matter, Pacific Island Asian Lives Matter are no longer necessary because we all are recognizing we're all children of God. See, the thing we must remember is on, in, on this side of the lake, faith and trust are easy when things are going well and according to our plan. For the disciples on this side was a place where they saw Jesus perform miracles and that he taught about the kingdom of God. Yes, things were familiar and all good. But on the other side, once they got on, on the boat, the place where the faith would be tested uh, and things might even get a little tough. I remember teaching a Bible study church, Bible study class. And... I had just made the statement that it's easy to praise and worship God when things are going well, but will you still be able to praise and worship and trust him when things get tough? And as I looked up, I saw my husband and the prayer ministry chair and her husband coming from the back of the room. I could tell from the expression on his face that something was terribly wrong. And after I dismissed the class, he came forward and he said, there's something I need to tell you. And I wasn't ready to hear what he had to say because just nine weeks before that, we had buried my father and now he comes and he said, your mother just died. 
But I had just said, it's easy to praise and worship him and things are going well. Will you do the same when things are difficult? We must remember that in the midst of every storm, we must find the courage that comes from knowing that the one who overcame the world is in the boat with us. At that moment, I needed to realize that although my mom and dad had crossed over to eternal glory, the God that created them, that saved them, that redeemed them was the same God that was going to be with me to lead me through that storm of grieving their loss. And when I began to realize that the real threat, even for the disciples then, was not the wind or the waves or the water. The real storm is the one that rages inside of us. It's the interior storms where the dark clouds linger over us. It is the internal storm that blows us off course and beats up against our faith and threatens to drown us. The real storm is a feeling of being powerless and vulnerable and fearful of what the future holds. The sense of being abandoned, forgotten, and uncared for. The spiritual conditions. Those are the ones that beat up on our faith and our trust. See, the disciples at the time, Jesus was in the boat with them and they thought, had an illusion or thought that God is absent. He's asleep on the job. And they awakened Jesus and he asked them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Faith, though, does not mean that the story or the circumstance will turn out how we expect Faith means that regardless of what happens, we have to know that it may not be all good, but all things will work together for the good of those who love the Lord or, and are called according to his purpose. Faith recognizes that in the midst of the storms of life, God is present. We've never been abandoned or forgotten or left uncared for. Faith does not change the storms always, but what faith does is it changes us. And it gives us the courage and confidence to know we can keep on keeping on. Because before Jesus spoke, peace be still to the storm. Jesus spoke, peace be still to the disciples. He was inviting them to look at the circumstances from a perspective of faith, not fear. And that same invitation he invites and extends to us. So my question remains, have you prepared an emergency spiritual storm kit? Our faith may not change the storm on the outside, sisters and brothers, but our faith can change the storm that is occurring on the inside. Our faith allows us to see no matter what that storm is, that we have the blessed assurance that Jesus is in the boat with us. He is not asleep. Exercising that faith means we recognize that the Prince of Peace is with us. That the power of God teaches us that God's plans for us are for good and not evil. That we might have a hope in the future. That the love of God is greater than any challenge we will encounter in the world. 
It is hurricane season. Are you prepared? And when the storms come, will you look at the storm and tell our God how big your storm is? Or will you look at the storm and tell the storms in life how big your God is? It's hurricane season. Have you prepared a spiritual emergency kit by developing a closer relationship with God through prayers, meditating on the word, repentance, worship, and Christian fellowship? Jesus is still inviting us into the boat to lead us to the other side through all the storms that life may bring our way. Well, we'll trust him to navigate us through those storms throughout this life and into life eternal. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.